Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It's your boy Johnny Clutch. And as all football fans know, this Sunday is the championship games where we will see who goes to the Super Bowl. I believe these are four very high quality teams that deserve to be in the spot they're in. So let's get into it. The first game is the Rams going to the Superdome to face the Saints. The Saints are currently three point favorites, according to Vegas. Uh, this should be a really fun one to watch. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be very high scoring. These two teams have one previous meeting this season where the Saints won 45-35 in the Superdome. Both teams had similar ways of getting here. Uh, they both won last week, and we all expected each of these teams to win. The Rams beat the Cowboys 30-22 in their divisional playoff game by way of C.J. Anderson rushing for 123 yards and two touchdowns, and Todd Gurley running for 115 and a score. One thing really interesting from that is that C.J. Anderson had seven more carries than Todd Gurley did in that game. It will be very interesting to see if Sean McVay has that one-two punch continue, or if it was just them truly arresting Gurley another week because he's been dealing with injuries. The Rams also limited Ezekiel Elliott to 47 yards rushing and 2.4 yards per carry. It will be interesting to see if they can keep that stop run defense up against the likes of uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. The Saints got here by way of defeating the Philadelphia Eagles last week, surviving an early blitz where the Eagles took a 14-0 lead, but then the Saints would score 20 unanswered to ultimately win the game 20-14. They were kind of bailed out at the end there by Alshon Jeffries' drop pass leading to an interception. The Eagles were driving down the field and would have been near the 30 with the two-minute warning. They would have had a third down. Most likely, I think they stopped them with the way their defense had been playing, but it's really 50-50 especially knowing how clutch Nick Foles has been in the playoffs these past two seasons. What I think will ultimately be the deciding factor in this game is how both these teams' defenses play. Now, obviously, both these teams are going to score a lot of points in this game. That's just a fact. They both play high pace, and they both have high-powered offenses. The Saints got a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees throwing to Michael Thomas, and he has Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram out of the backfield. On the other end, you got Jared Goff throwing to Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, and they got probably the best running back in the league this season, Todd Gerling running, and even C.J. Anderson, who could really very well factor in a lot into this game. He's been a beast ever since the Rams picked him up this year, turning back the clock. It's going to come down to which defenses can get timely stops and timely turnovers. And in that case, I have to give the edge to the Saints. Because excluding their last game of their regular season, I won't really count that because they're arresting a lot of their starters, but seven of their last eight games, they've allowed teams to score under 20 points. This defense has come a long way since week one, where they let Ryan Fitzpatrick light them up for 48 points. The Rams' defense probably has more bigger names on it, like Aaron Donald, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, and that whole crew led under, under a great defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips. But they've been really, you know, back and forth this season. Their defense really inconsistent. They've let teams score a lot of points on them. And really, last week against Dallas, you know, Dallas threw the ball pretty well. Amari Cooper had 60-something yards and a touchdown. And Michael Gallup had over 100 yards receiving. So they'll definitely have to step their game up to stop this high-powered Saints passing offense. And they didn't last time they played the Saints. In their regular season meeting, Drew Brees threw for 346 yards and four touchdowns. And Michael Thomas had over 200 yards. And that was the game where Michael Thomas did the ode to Joe Horn's touchdown celebration with the flip phone. However, the Saints also struggled against the pass with Jared Goff falling for almost 400 yards. Brandon Cook had over 100 yards receiving. Uh, one key note is that Cooper Cup will not be playing in this game. Cooper Cup had a nice day against the Saints, going for 89 yards and a score. 
I believe he'll be really missed in this game. I, I feel he's the kind of player that could make a big catch in a game like this. And in a high-scoring game, you need every weapon at your disposal. I mean, the Saints are going to score a lot of points, and you need a lot of and you need as much firepower as possible to combat that. So Cooper Cup's absence will be really shown in this game, I believe. I like Drew Brees at home playing well, and their defense has been playing has been pretty consistent, you know, most of the season ever since they had a rocky start. I'm taking the Saints in this one by a final score of 38 to 31. The next game we have is New England going into Kansas City to play the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs are currently favored by three points. Both these teams already met once in the regular season where the Patriots beat the Chiefs in a thriller 43-30 on a last-second field goal by Steven Goskowski. I feel the biggest, the biggest keys in this game is going to be, one, the Chiefs' defense. Can they stop Tom Brady? The Chiefs' defense has been suspect, to say the least, for most of the season, but they have performed a lot better at home. And that showed last week where they shut down Andrew Luck on a hot Colts team. I believe the Chiefs' way of winning this game will be to want to make it a shootout, but that will be difficult in the tough weather conditions that are currently being predicted for this game. New England lately has been playing old-school smash-mouth football, and I think that's going to continue in this game, especially given the conditions. In the last meeting against the Chiefs, the Patriots won time possession 36 minutes to 23 minutes, and I believe the Patriots want the same, want the same or an even better ratio than that. Bill Belichick knows the Chiefs' offense is lethal, and he is smart enough to know that he wants the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands as much as possible. The big key to the Patriots doing that will be how their running game goes of Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had a big game against the Chiefs early in the season, and he also had a big game last week against the Chargers, where he ran for 129 yards and three touchdowns. Also, I believe the P- Patriots' short passing game with the likes of James White and Julian Adelman will prove to be crucial, as those, I believe, are basically extended handoffs. The Patriots would like a lot of high percentage plays to keep moving down the field slowly so they can win the time of possession battle and ultimately limit what the Chiefs offense can do. Another big storyline in this game is Andy Reid. Now I believe Andy Reid's a great coach and is one of the main reasons why Patrick Mahomes is having the year that he's having. But one criticism of Reid has always been he's never won the big one. He's never won the Super Bowl. And I think that's what's ultimately keeping him from getting in the Hall of Fame as a coach right now. Personally, I would love to see Reed win this game and ultimately win the Super Bowl because I feel he's a great coach that hasn't gotten the credit that he deserves. However, it's tough for me to bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'm taking the Patriots winning this game by a final score of 24-21. to I also predict that, like last game, Steven Goskowski will make a field goal in the last play of the game, but this time it will come in overtime to beat the Chiefs. Both these games should be exciting to watch, and like the rest of y'all, I can't wait to sit down, relax, and watch some football. On to another topic. James Harden kept up his historic scoring pace, dropping 48 points against the Lakers and a comeback win in overtime to beat the Lakers by a score of 138 to 134. James Harden's stats are December 13th for as follows. 42.5 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, and 8 9 assists per game and the Rockets are 14 and 5 in that stretch after a 12 and 14 start. This MVP race isn't even close right now. It's James Harden and it's James Harden. There's no one even within his stratosphere right now. He has been the best player in the league since December and it really hasn't even been close. You can say LeBron, Greek Freak, it don't matter. James Harden is just on another level. I mean, look at the help that Harden has ha- has had to deal with this past month with you know a lot of it with no Chris Paul. 
You know, James Ennis is getting a lot of minutes. Austin Rivers played 46 minutes in the Lakers game. 46. They had they have Gary Clark, an old washed-up Nene, James Nonnelly, and they had Daniel House, who was on a two-way contract, and they weren't able to sign him. Most of the stretch, too, has been played without Eric Gordon in the lineup. Eric Gordon just recently came back. And I don't want to hear anything about Harden's team's record not being good enough for him not to win MVP. They gave Russell Westbrook MVP the one season, and his team was only sixth seed in the West, and they lost to James Harden in the playoffs. Another reason Harden should get MVP is that he won it last year, and he has upped his play dramatically. He's averaging six more points per game. Assists and rebounds about the same, but he has put more into his team's success in last season. The Rockets have dealt with a lot of injuries, and they came out with a bad start. At one point, they were as low as 14th in the Western Conference, and they've worked all their way all the way back up because of Harden's play, and he's had to do all of it. You know, all those points he scored against the Lakers, they needed every bit of each one of them to beat them, and that's been the case in a lot of games during this streak. Because I, I rem- also, too, I remember watching that game where the Rockets beat the Warriors, uh, I think about a few weeks ago, and I said to myself, if you put Giannis in Harden's spot to that game, do you think the Rockets win? And I came out with a resounding no. I don't think they win that game. Harden means a lot more to his team than Giannis does. Giannis has had you know, a fully healthy team this year with Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton playing most of their games. While Harden has had a big burden to carry on him night in, night out. I mean, I hope people are seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. I think it would be a crime not to say James Harden isn't the front runner for MVP. And in my eyes, he's probably going to win it. So for right now, I have Harden number one in my MVP rankings, and I have Giannis a distant second. I'll just give him that respect because the Bucks have had a really good year, and they're at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. I would like to thank all the listeners out there, and I would ask you that you please leave some likes and some follows and uh, leave some comments. You know, uh, Tell me how you felt about this podcast, and let me know if there's any future topics that you would like me to talk about. It's your boy Johnny Clutch. Peace out.